welcome to Good Day for a Vacay. I'm Rachel Kendall, and as a through and through Enneagram 7, you can usually count on the fact that as I'm doing all the things, you know, being a wife, mom, entrepreneur, and pursuing all things freedom and health, I'm also most likely simultaneously plotting how to add as many trips as humanly possible into our schedule in the back of my mind. Welcome to my crazy world. I'm so glad you're here. Each week, we're going to cover different topics like chatting about health and wellness, all things Enneagram, growing closer to Jesus, and of course, dreaming together about that perfect vacation destination. Welcome, welcome to our second episode of this month's three-part series, All on Disney. If all goes as planned, this episode should actually be released while we are at Disney World. So hopefully things go as planned and nothing changes in our schedule or with the rules or anything like that, but I'm I'm real excited and hopefully you will be listening along while also enjoying our pictures that I'm sure we will be sharing to bring you along for the fun. Okay, today's episode is a super fun one because it's combining two of my very, very favorite things to talk about, and that's, of course, Disney World, or all things Disney, really, and the Enneagram. So I set out to ask friends and family of all the different Enneagram numbers a few questions to help give us some fun insight And this time I asked some pretty broad questions about their Disney strategy. And as a bonus, I asked them to share their favorite thing about Disney and maybe even a little tidbit of advice for us all. So we're just going to do like we'd normally do on the Enneagram episodes. We're going to start with number one and work our way all the way up to nine. I will put this in the show notes again. Again, you can always access the show notes at rachelgkindle.com. And I will put in there my favorite Enneagram resource. So I like to start every Enneagram episode that this is not really like a teaching you about the Enneagram. We're assuming you already have some kind of basic knowledge about the Enneagram and that you already know what number you are. As I talk through all the numbers and and all the different strategies and the different kind of personalities at Disney World. If you are lost, if you do not know the Enneagram, if you wanna dig in deeper, my favorite, favorite resource is by Beth McCord. I will link her podcast and her website and her test in my show notes so you can dig in What I really love about Beth's is it's so simple and easy to understand, but it's also just really biblically based, so gospel-centered, and I love the way she approaches the Enneagram in each different type, and it's been so helpful for me in really understanding myself better and understanding how I might look when I'm doing well and how I might start to veer when I may be under stress or not doing so well. It's been a huge, huge help to me. So be sure to check out the show notes at rachelgkindle.com if you want to look up any of Beth's info. 
Okay, I love that we start with our ones every time because as always, our ones come through when the questions are asked. They are not shy, they know what they want, they know what they think about it, and so I love their answers. Here's the really interesting thing about the one that you may or may not know. So each number is kind of tied to another number that they might veer to when they're either stressed or when they are healthy. So when the one is not in any kind of stressful situation and they're actually able to relax and they're able to kind of lay the perfectionism aside a little bit, their number is significantly tied to the good traits of the number seven. So ones are often the people who are able to really let loose and have fun on vacation. Perhaps after maybe doing the legwork of some planning ahead of time to be sure they're not stressed in the moment. I think ones are especially able to sit back and just soak it all in if they have someone else who's trustworthy and competent who can plan. Ones really love vacation in general. It's a break from perfection, a break from the stresses of life, a break from reality, and they're able to let go and let their fun side just really shine. A one shared with me that his plan at Disney is to just follow the leader. Now, in this case, is his very number eight wife. So he said his favorite thing about Disney is feeling like you're just not even on earth anymore. The magic just takes over. His best advice is to not freak out about the schedule and just really have fun. Now, this, this particular person has a strong wing of nine. So in general, as we'll talk about the nines at the end, the nines are just so happy to go along with, with the ride. Ones are not always that way in every area of life. Usually ones have a lot of opinion, but the thing is in this scenario and in a vacation scenario, when the plan is made for you and you are able to let loose, you're able just to experience the magic and, and you don't have to be stressed about the schedule. It's already been planned for you. And so you can really go and enjoy. So while this may not be a typical one answer in every area of life, I'm telling you, ones let loose best on vacation. And especially if the burden of all the plans and all the responsibility doesn't rest on their shoulders in the moment. Sevens and ones have some similarity here, and we'll discuss that a little further when we get to the seven. So a little more insight into the one. Another number one shared with me that they planned for everything. She let her number five spouse do all the heavy researching. Again, that goes right in line with what we know about fives. And they dug in together and spent the time to plan everything from like the matching outfits that coordinated with the park. And they already had the souvenir picked out for that day and they rope dropped and Basically, every ride, every character meet, every meal was planned. They allowed for some rest and some flexibility, but basically having a plan ahead of time was what made, made them sure that they weren't going to miss anything that one of them would have loved. And all of the ahead of time planning allowed for them to have fun while they were there because they followed the plan and they didn't have the stress of figuring it out once they were there. So while this advice may kind of freak out somebody who's a four who wants to go in with not a plan at all, 
I'm telling you, doing the planning ahead of time for one or having somebody else do the planning for you is often what's able to let them best let loose and have fun and really enjoy it while they were there. So her advice was plan everything out and then be willing to deviate from the plan if something doesn't work out. Plan, but be flexible. This is a given. This is no matter how much time you spend planning, the perfect vacation, things are gonna happen, things are not always gonna go as they plan, and especially at Disney World, the crowd calendars are not always right, rides are not always working, kids have tantrums. <laughs> so plan but be flexible is amazing advice. Another advice from a one who goes frequently is that they loved like starting and ending the day with the same ride every time as a tradition. So for them, this ride is People Mover. Every time they go to Magic Kingdom, they start and end the day at People Mover. Now, I love that she said this because People Mover is really one of my favorites. I think it gets a bad rep for being boring. But especially when our kids were little, this ride was so much fun. For one, there's never a line, like hardly ever a line. If there is, please don't wait in it because there will be a time of the day when there is not a line for People Mover. And the, our kids always loved it, like when they were too small to ride Space Mountain or we weren't going to wait in line for the Buzz Lightyear ride or whatever the case, they would feel like they were kind of experiencing each ride as we went through the indoor areas and it was just a beautiful view of the castle and you just kind of got to go and enjoy. And I think Eric's favorite part of it is that you got to rest your feet for about 10 minutes. Eric, uh, he's more in shape now and exercises than the last time that we went to Disney World. But I'm going to go and tell you his real dream was that they would have a man stroller that he could be pushed around in. And I would tell him as the kids were little, I don't know who he thought was going to be pushing him in this man stroller, but I could really assure him it wasn't going to be me. And that was Eric a long time ago. I don't think he still wishes for the man stroller and I am thankful for it. We, we did this tradition thing for a little while that when we'd first get to Magic Kingdom, we would start and end the day with teacups before they were really big enough to ride the big rides and before we had to worry about rope drop and maximizing the lines so we could do everything. But I love the idea of like pick a tradition, pick something you ride first every time you go to that park if you're a frequent visitor. And it's a really fun tradition and something fun to look forward to. So wonderful advice. And now let's move on to our twos. All right, so what we already know about our twos are our twos are our helpers. So they really do typically love to just come along for the ride at Disney. If you've got kids and you need an extra hand, find you a two who will likely to be so excited to come and help and join in for whatever y'all are up for. One two answered that the best part was that her daughter had everything completely mapped out and she didn't have to do anything thinking wise and that was just really amazing to her. And her favorite part of Disney was the free dining plan. Well, sadly, those days are kind of long, long gone, I'm afraid. I think anything that ever used to possibly be free, Disney's not giving us back for free. And that's a bone I have to pick with them about many things. But we are focusing on the positives here. 
those were good days for sure when, when we had the free dining plan. Another two shared that watching her kids' faces light up just melts her and it's the best. She definitely uh, shared that taking advantage of the new paid lightning lanes helps them navigate the parks even on some very busy days. So that was her best advice was really understand the ins and outs of the system so that you can mas maximize it and really do the most amount of things that your family really wants to do and then be able to sit back and enjoy the magic of it. All right, next up are our threes. And this is not always the case, and it's obviously going to vary based on your wing and how heavy and strong that wing is, but true threes are sometimes a little different on vacation because it's sometimes hard for them to put work away and really be able to just enjoy yourself without feeling guilty about neglecting things. So for the three, it helps to just give yourself permission to be away, put the phone down and be in the moment when you're away and on vacation and don't feel bad about it. It is okay to rest and have fun and to not be super productive. So I know my husband likes to just be able to enjoy while we're there. He would be so happy to not have a plan. Um, he enjoys the benefits of my planning because he also, if we would just went in with no plan, I know it would drive him crazy because it's a very inefficient way of doing the parks. So while some people may think that it's fun going in without a plan, I think it would drive him crazy with no plan. He, he likes being able to enjoy vacation while he's out on vacation. So his best advice would be to not really always feel the need to rope drop or to stay until close. And that would be my worst advice because I have some serious FOMO for all the things we could be doing right when the park opens. And also that's serious time we've already paid for. So it'd be such a waste just to sit in bed. I mean, if we were on vacation, I want to soak up every last minute of it. So we are obviously very different in this area. So this is where there's a need to compromise. And one compromise that we did a long time ago when we went to Disney each year was I would always encourage him if we didn't have something just like really special planned at the first part of the day that he really wanted to do, I would just encourage him to rest and sleep in any day that he wanted to and give him like a totally guilt-free pass that I'm totally fine rope dropping it with the kids without him if that helps him enjoy his day more. It's not that he's a slacker. He's so glad to get up and help if I need him, but I'm also totally happy to do it alone because I'm pretty independent and it doesn't, it's not like a burden for me at all. So for us, that was a compromise that really worked and he's able to enjoy the magic more when he's rested and when he doesn't feel like he's just on a super stringent schedule that doesn't involve any relaxing while he's on vacation. <laughs> it almost feels more like less like work and more like vacation to him when every waking second isn't planned. Whereas I'm the opposite. I'd feel so sad that I'm missing out on things and maybe get resentful if we're all just staying back in the hotel room together. So I think it really is important to figure out where each person is in this and find ways to compromise and to work through that in ways that can work for everybody because there are some very different personalities and strategies on how you do Disney. And 
if you're going to be spending that much money and taking the vacation time, it's so great to do it in a way that everybody can enjoy. All right, next up are our fours, and I got some really, really great insight from them. One four says she prefers to not do any planning and loves going along with whatever everyone else wants to do. If she was the one doing the planning, she'd probably be pretty flexible and do whatever was available, but she's definitely a fan of taking breaks and just watching other people while you're at the park. She said it's so important to go with an open mind and then not be uptight when things don't go as planned. Another four shared that her favorite type of trip is just to wake up that day and decide what park you feel like doing. Maybe do some loose research, like what the park hours are that day or something, but basically just go with the flow. She said for her that's so much less stressful and she just loves making memories while you're there. Like doing special things her family has always done, paying attention to the little things and all the little details that people have spent so much time to create. She just loves taking it all in. The sights, the music, even if she can't fit in too many rides, that doesn't feel like a loss to her. Her best advice was really such a good one. I love it. Maybe one day I'll be brave enough to do it. I don't think I'm there yet, but I love, love this advice. Here's what she said. If you need a plan to make, him ha to make you happy, go for it. But everybody one time should have at least one day where you go with no plans. Just be in the moment, no agenda, ride a ride over and over if you want, eat a Mickey Popsicle or three or four. I think everyone should experience one day of just enjoying Disney, walking around, enjoying the small things. I love that so much. And one of these days, I'm gonna go to the park and experience it like that, but probably not on this trip. <laughs> All right, next up are our fives. And as we know, our fives are really our researchers. So they shine in this situation. One five who I asked the questions to has a very strong four wing. So what you're gonna see here is some real strong characteristics, just like the four we just talked about, but in a way that also brought out her five qualities. So she shared she loves to go super slow at Disney. They don't do rope drop, but they're very intentional to do their favorite things. So here's the thing. She's done her research to find out about all of these special extra experiences that maybe aren't the things that just everybody does. They've researched the scavenger hunts and all the ins and outs of pin trading and touring all the different hotels at Christmas and seeing all of the unique things they have to offer. They love camping at Fort Wilderness. Their favorite place to watch the fireworks is from the Polynesian and they love eating at Trader Sam's. So her best advice is just to make everything special by bringing the extra. I love this wear the ears, do the silly things, have all the Mickey-shaped food, whatever you can concoct, just do it over the top. She said for them, this makes the best memories. And I do love that. It's like Disney is this place where you might dress in a way or do things that you wouldn't do in real life, but it's just 
like the first number one said, it's like you're not really in real life anymore and things are just a little extra magical. And if you want to walk around all day with Mickey ears and eating Mickey food and singing and just being silly, then you are right at home and it is okay to do that. And so I love it. Like just bring the extra and it's okay to be over the top. And this next five, so this will show you kind of the difference because here's a five who has a wing of six. So the researching shows up differently and they're meticulous planners and reading the books and the blogs and the plans and the best way to map it out. And they want to be the most efficient and prepare for any unknowns that might come up. They're going to plan which parks to go to on which day based on crowd calendars, efficiency, their planning will take place ahead of time so that while they're there, they already have all of the knowledge they need to have fun and be able to experience it while they're there. So as you can see, both fives are researchers, but just in different ways. The ones who gear towards more towards a six are going to be researching for contingencies and efficiency and maybe all of that a little bit more, whereas the ones whose wing is more of a four the research went into the unique experiences and the things that were different and the really special experiences that they wanted to invest their time in. All right, this brings us to our sixes who are probably our best planners, honestly. They have planned for every possible contingency, so if something comes up, they're prepared and they can keep having fun. One six shared that she always has plenty of water, rain jackets, change of clothes for the kids, sunscreen, sunglasses, and definitely always knows where the babysitter is. The babysitter, not babysitter. That would be nice if every park had a babysitter. But she knows where every babysitter in each park is just in case they need it. They like to loosely plan most of their activities. Her favorite thing is the magical, immersive experience of the parks just the nostalgia and all the memories made. They especially love the flower, the Garden and Flower Festival at Epcot, and of course, Christmas at Magic Kingdom. And if you haven't experienced Christmas at Magic Kingdom, let me tell you, we've only done it once, and it was probably my favorite trip. We only went for two days. It was amazing. I would never go like the week of Christmas or on Christmas Day or any of those times where the park is insanely crowded, but we went the very first week of December when not that many people are there, and it was truly magical. So that was her advice, is go visit during some of these special times, and, and she loves the Christmas party at Magic Kingdom. And her advice is to learn all the systems and make it work for your family. Okay, so I don't know this for sure, but based on her answer, I'm guessing she is a six with a wing of five because you can see that she is preparing and planning for the contingencies, but she's got that base of the research behind it. So another friend of mine is a six, but she has a really strong wing of seven. So she says half the fun for her is planning the trip. She said showing up with no plan could lead to a lot of time, a lot of wasted time and wasted money. And she likes to plan based on the wait times and efficiency. So you're not running back and forth across the park over and over all day. She said she loves soaking in every magical moment by rope dropping and staying until close every day, even with little kids. 
Her favorite thing is the memories made and seeing Disney through the eyes of her kids. They also really, really enjoy the snacks, as she and her husband both do, and some of her favorites are, the, of course, the Dole Whip. If you have not had a Dole Whip, you have not lived, and you need to have one next time you go. Uh, the Ooey Gooey Toffee Cake at Liberty Tree Tavern, she highly recommends. I've never had that. And the Salted Caramel Gingerbread Cookie from the Caramel House in Epcot is a favorite of theirs as well. And they both really love the pork slider at the Hawaiian booth in Epcot. So Disney snacks to me are part of the trip. And I know that's a big part of the trip to a lot of people. Um, she always says that they look at the Disney food blog before they go for any of the latest and greatest snack recommendations. So I thought that was a really fun idea and that's something I've never done. So I love that the snacks are part of the whole planning process for her. And that brings us to the seven. I know sevens, I probably always talk a little bit longer because that's me. And so I can share from real personal experience. I would imagine that there aren't many sevens in the world who don't like Disney. I can't really imagine how that could be a seven who just doesn't like Disney. Disney to me is like the seven's dream world because you can go and it is just fun and magical and amazing and just all the things that a seven could dream up. So my park strategy, even though in general in some things in life I'm not super uptight with planning and that sort of thing, I am so, in the past, have been so uptight about planning all the things meticulously before we go because as a seven, here's kind of what I alluded to when I was talking about the ones, when a seven gets stressed, she will pull from some of the negative qualities of the one and will get very uptight and very, the need for perfectionism and that sort of thing. So knowing that it's so helpful for me if I see that creeping in that I can acknowledge it and grow from that and not veer towards that. But looking back, I can see while when the kids were young, why I especially did all the planning before we went and spent hours many times. This was with the old system where you really had to do a lot more planning if you were gonna do the dining plan and the reservations and when you booked the fast passes at the 60 day out window and all of that stuff. I spent a lot of time planning all that, but it made it to where when we were in the parks, I could just enjoy it and have fun and I was not stressed at all because I already knew a loose plan of what we were gonna do. Now I didn't plan out every second and I could veer from it but I had like the important things that I knew we really wanted to do. And I hate waiting in lines. That's gotta be a seven thing I'm assuming. Um, if you're a seven and you don't mind waiting in lines, then message me. I would love to know for this for research, but like waiting in a line is not fun. Unless you have some really fun games or things like that to do. And I do usually bring that kind of stuff for lines. But if I can plan it to where we don't have to wait any lines, that is like magical and amazing. So going to the park 
with somebody who just wanted no plan and just was like, oh, let's just go get in this two-hour line and we'll just enjoy our time would drive me crazy because I would feel like I could have planned this so much better and then I could go do five things in the amount of time that we did that one thing. And again, the FOMO, like it would just make me feel like I was missing out on fun or missing out on all the experiences. So I think I've kind of chilled out a little bit and part of it is the kids are older and we're not trying to meet every single character there is to meet in the park. Trust me, I'm not trying to get a selfie distanced with a mask on with any character. So I'm glad that they've outgrown the character thing now that it is just not the same. It was amazing when they were little and our kids loved it, but it is not the same experience now. So when you're trying to fit in all the rides, all the characters, all the food, all the magic, you kind of had to be really intentional. And I, it would drive me crazy if I was sitting in a hotel room in the middle of the day to rest, or if I went back before the close of the park, because like we've paid for that time to be there. And I feel like I'd have a very different strategy if we like lived nearby, or if we had season passes, or if money was just no object at all. But knowing that we've had limited time to be there, and even though we've gone often, we went once a year when the kids were little growing all the way up until COVID hit, it still was like time is money and there were so many things we wanted to do. So to me, being in bed or just resting during any of those times was just awful. And I want to be there and I want to be experiencing it and... And really, Allie is like that too. Pierce will sometimes go back and rest with Eric or go in early or maybe sleep in and come a little bit late. But Allie and I, even when she was really little, have opened and closed the parks and love every second of it. Now, usually when I come home from vacation, especially from Disney, I am kind of dead because I've used a superhuman amount of strength and energy that week and gotten like no sleep and gone like 90 to nothing and enjoyed every second of it but then I need a few days of like doing nothing to let my body recover and to rest. I'm not saying this is healthy or it's an amazing strategy. I am just letting you into the mind of a seven and my vacation adrenaline that suddenly appears anytime we are somewhere like that. All right. So after we move on from the crazy sevens who just want all the fun and all the magic and all the Disney food and all the rides and all the things, we're moving on to our eights. <laughs> One eight shared with me that she loves going into a Disney trip feeling prepared, which means lots of reading and planning up front. And she's an eight with a seven wing. So the knowledge of this, she said, can both be harmful and helpful. She said she's very motivated to do everything that will maximize their experience, but she also needs to take into account that, that nobody in her family is really wired like her. They're nines and sixes, and they're not motivated to go hard all the time. So dragging them out of bed for rope drop may not always be the right choice. So she said she thinks that for them, the best plan is to go prepared with knowledge and then be prepared to be flexible when things don't go as planned. This is really a must anyway, because 
things just don't always go right. And if you aren't careful, you can let it ruin your time. And y'all, that's so true. I've done that before, whether it's with big events that you're really looking forward to, like holidays or birthdays or trips. Like Expectations can be a hard thing because if, if something lets you down or if something doesn't work out the way that you anticipated it, it can really suck the joy right out of you. So just going into it flexible and prepared, I think it's gonna, gonna help you be able to enjoy Disney. It may not be the perfect day, it may rain, there may be lines, it may be crowded, but she says just enjoying the experience with those you love is really the best way to enjoy it. She also said her best tip for efficiency is to use the mobile food ordering option on the app. I remember the first year we went when they had this and not many people even knew about it yet then and it was life-changing. <laughs> you can order ahead at, a, at some snack and quick service spots all around the parks and it saves you so much time. One year I went with just me and the kids and it was so nice because we didn't have to go wait in a bunch of lines. I just You could just order, then walk over there and let them know you were there and it would be ready. Eights really love efficiency and inefficiency are definitely going to affect the magic in a negative way. So planning ahead and saving time and doing things in a way that makes the most sense will help an eight be able to experience the magic in the best way possible. All right, that brings us always last but never least to our nines. Nines are almost always definitely going to want others to plan they don't want to rock the boat. They're happy to go along with someone else's agenda. They typically prefer a slower pace, which usually might mean no rope drop, no staying until close, no extra hours if they had it their way. But again, they're not going to rock the boat typically, so they're usually really happy to go with the flow. One nine shared that she loves the care and attention to detail that is in every experience. It's unlike anywhere else. And the thought and the detail and the little things just makes it like sprinkles or cherry on a Sunday. I love how she described it as that because that's what it is. Like that's what Disney is. They just bring an extra flair, extra customer service, extra little bits of magic that you just don't find anywhere else. And it really sets it apart. She also shared that Epcot is her favorite park and she thinks people underestimate it. But she said there's so many restaurants and interesting places to visit there. And she said if you love food, it's absolutely the best park. So be sure to go and visit and take advantage of all the different kinds of food that are there. One nine shared that she loves to have a very laid back approach without having every detail planned. While her very five husband loves the thrill of researching and optimizing time with the Genie Plus system. So they took breaks in between and they balanced it out nicely between their two personalities. And I really think the thing to remember here is that we're all so different and we're able to experience the parks in different ways based on our personalities. So it's really important to recognize that and not just take charge and enjoy the parks only in the way you want to, but find balance where everyone in your family can enjoy the things that are special to them. This has definitely been some great insight for me as I set out to plan a trip that I will love and that I won't feel like I'm missing out on parts of, but also that each person in our family will love 
and have really special lifetime memories from as well. I really hope you've gotten some great ideas from all the little tips shared from each, each person. And if you have any other fabulous tips that I need to hear, come find me on Instagram at Rachel G. Kindle. Shoot me a message. I will probably be in the parks when you send me this. So I want to know if there's something that I might miss out on that I don't know about. And be sure to check out the show notes for some helpful planning tools at rachelgkindle.com. If you've loved today's episode, be sure to share it with your friends who love Disney too. And tune in next week because I have a friend coming on the pod who is a Disney planner and I'm going to do a Q&A session with her to specifically talk about all the changes in the park post-COVID. This is going to be really helpful for me as we're about to go. And I, I really need to get my head around the new systems and what's changed, what's the same, how to maximize the Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes and all of those things. So tune in next week as I interview her and hopefully it'll be a really big help for you too. Hope y'all have a wonderful week and I'll see you next time. Thank you.